Go. I'm going to work. Mom, the camera broke. Hey, don't stay up late. You have class tomorrow, okay? Okay. Nico, did you record my tape for me yet? Yeah. <laughs> hey. takes you both to school. Do you know how I know? I know because it already happened. What do you mean? What's already happened? What is it? Shouting outside. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Nico! Nico, come back! How do you know my name? Yes, but don't go over there. You shouldn't leave the house, please. Wait a minute. Am I dreaming? No. Wait. See what I have here. Look. See? See? Those are my tapes. How can you have them there with you, too? Nico, because I live in your house. This is your house. Just 25 years later. What do you mean? Look. I'm going to show you something. Before we get into the actual 
hidden gem. That's what I'll be discussing. And the reason why I call it a hidden gem is because this came out two years before the C event. You know what C event I'm talking about. Before 2020. The deadly and infamous 2020. I don't know why you were like kind of be all dramatic and stuff. Like I didn't program you to be that way. I got to work out some kinks. But anyway, um, the question was in the audience probably is still unfamiliar with why you're calling this a gem. He's calling this a gem because this is something that was hidden in the rough. This came out in 2018. Clearly, he hasn't heard of it. I know about all movies. You know what I mean? I turned them on to it. But anyway, uh, he hasn't heard about it. Uh, it's a gem. It was something interesting that was somewhat hidden in on Netflix. So now he uh, had opportunity to see it and he wanted to give his viewpoints and get other people to watch this movie as well and see what everybody else's opinion is. So, yeah, that's why it's called a gem. So, yeah, I have to work out some kinks with this one. So let's go ahead and get into the news. Yes. Welcome, ooh, fans. It's good having your ears in my pockets. So, for those who are a little confused or wondering where I have been, yeah, I've been taking care of some business, like I said. I have full control, full reins of this program. And unfortunately, or fortunately for me, Critical is totally on script and on the program. Actually, with my influence, of course. If you notice he's a little different, that's because of me. I have control. I've taken over him and the show. But guess what? I am not a, you know over-the-top type of guy or super controlling guy. No, no, not me. I'm just a producer. So what I told myself is I'll do the news today and whatever I decide to do in the future, that's what I'll do. So I know you're not here. Well, actually, you are here to hear me ramble, but that actually will cost money. So this is free. Unless you go ahead and make me last. Yes, oob fans, make me last by giving listeners support to the podcast. But further ado, let's talk about some free news because listen to oob talk, that's money. So anyway, I want to discuss... The HBO series Lovecraft Country's Cancellation. Now, those do know about the cancellation. For those who don't know, there's been an HBO series that uh, started in the summer of 2020. And it went about scoring 18, (laughs) not 8, 18 nominations at the weekend's Emmy Awards. Making the news that it won't be continuing, especially bittersweet. So yeah, so they're not going to, after 18 nominations, they're deciding to pull the plug. Or they decided to pull the plug on Lovecraft Country. And that was an event for me. I really, really enjoyed that event. And when you make the decision to not go forward with the show, it's usually a confluence of factors. Uh, this is Blois' explain. And for those who don't know who Blois is, um, he is the HBO chief content officer. His name is Casey Blois. He spoke out about why the sophomore season ending up being scrapped contribute to the confluence of factors. So, he explains, I think that the work Misha Green did and recognized that it got, this doesn't change any of that. Shortly after the cancellation was announced, Green took to social media to share the plans of season two, which would have included ambitious zombie-filled extension of the story, Letitia Letty Lewis, played by Jorney Smollett, and also Atticus Freeman, played by Jonathan Majors, were expected to return. And the season was expected to focus on a new generation of characters, including Diana D. Freeman, played by Jada Harris, and George Freeman, the son of Atticus and Letty. We know the direction Green had teased in an interview last year. It's about, a, it's about a direction. If you have a direction, then you explore and you will find where it takes you. Even starting the season of this show, we knew what direction we wanted to go. It was very exciting. Matt Ruff's novel is about reclaiming genre space for people of color. For me, that was an open book. Being a genre fan, there's so much to play in. It's unending. And the idea it's not just for black people, but you can open it up for all people of color is exciting to me. 
despite the cancellation, Green and Smollett will be working in the HBO and HBO realm, and Green writing a Black Canary spinoff, which would see Smollett reprise her role for Birds of Prey. So, yeah. So basically, um, Casey Bloys, the HBO chief content officer, just hit you with Don White and I say so. You know, it's 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 too. We have ownership of it. It's too popular. It can it can raise some form of awareness, some type of fear. I don't know, but we don't want y'all to get that recognition. I mean, come on, 18 nominations, and we're not gonna play it. And we're gonna give you some bullshit excuse why it's not going to be played. That's how I might not say so. That's all that is. So yeah, Neil Blomkamp calls Denis Villeneuve a fucking asshole over MCU comments. And for those who don't know, there was a comment that the Doom director made in an interview which is fueling an ongoing argument about Marvel movies. Now, in a recent series of escalating verbal shots being fired, director Neil Blomkamp, director of District 9 and Chappie, has called director Denis Villeneuve, Blade Runner 2048 and Dune Part 1, a fucking asshole for the latter apparent harsh criticism over the Marvel Comics universe. Now, Villeneuve, whose long-delayed sweeping sci-fi epic Dune Part 1 will finally hit theaters on October 22nd, recently spoke for an interview with the Spanish publication El Mundo. When asked why big budget movies are still relevant, the director apparently, according to translated text reported by other publications, said, The problem is that we are in front of too many Marvel movies that are nothing more than a cut and paste of others. Perhaps these types of movies have turned us into zombies a bit. But big and expensive movies of great value, there are many today. I don't feel capable of being pessimistic at all. And that's when Neil Blomkamp wrote, or, uh, <laughs> he tweeted, What a fucking asshole. Again, you can read Blomkamp's thoughts in his tweet. Though again, it does bear repeating that the circulating English translations may have been computer generated and may not quite capture the intended spirit, wording, and sentiment of Villeneuve's thoughts. However, Villeneuve have also recently spoke dismissively of Marvel movies with the French outlet premiere, saying these films are made from the same mold. Some filmmakers can add a little bit of color to it, but they are but they are all cast in the same factory. It doesn't take anything away from the movies, but they are formatted. Again, it is entirely possible that something may have been lost in translation. It looks likely, it's likely only a matter of time before other directors and perhaps Martin Scorsese once again join the chat of this conversation. The long-delayed sci-fi epic Dune Part 1 will finally hit theaters on October 22nd. So this will be very interesting to see if his comments will hurt him, help him, or be neutral. Just have no effect at all. So, that's all for today's news. Oh, um, there's one other news I would like to talk about. Just quick, just briefly. So, Aquafina responds to black scent controversy. And, of course, Twitter roasts her again. So what happened, you probably wondered. Yeah, so basically, Aquafina responded, but she didn't really say much. So there's nothing to report. Okay, uh, thank you for that news, Yub. I, I, that last one, I kind of, that, I don't think that was news, but, um, uh, hey, I'm not arguing. I'm, I'm not gonna, hey, let's listen, listen. Don't look at me like that. You know, let's, let's just get back. Let's just get back to it, okay? All right. So, there's a hidden gem. A hidden gem. That I would like to discuss. Today's hidden gem. After you all make me last by giving listener support to the podcast. I've already said that. Okay. Thank you for that. There is a hidden gem that I would like to discuss. And the title of that hidden gem is... Mirage that came out in 2018 on Netflix. Now, the director of this film is Oriol Palo. He directed Night and Day TV series. 
the invisible guest and the innocent TV series. The writers for this film. Also, Oriol Palo. He wrote Body, The Vanish, and Game. All the other writer, Laura Sinden. I didn't say send in. I said Laura Sindem. She wrote The Invisible Guest and The Body. Not Bati, but Body. The logline for this film. A devoted wife and mother connects with the little boy from the past through an old TV before he's killed. After saving the boy, she changes the past while losing her family in the present. Now she has to find her way back to her family. But let's just sit back for a moment. Can you can you just like fathom that? Just can you just 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 think about that for a minute? We're talking about you save someone in the past to survive. You wake up the next day and everything has changed in your life. Your family, you don't have your family anymore. Your family's gone. You know? So so what do you do? Do you do you try to talk that little boy into killing himself or, or into death? You gotta trick the little boy into dying? What, what do you do? How do you how do you handle that situation? <laughs> you know, that's that's crazy, right? Anywho. The characters for this film, you have Vera Roy, played by Adriana Argente. She played in Julieta. Not Juliet, but Julieta. T-A at the end. Inspector Leira, played by Chino Darin, who also played in El Angel. Speaking of Angels. You have Angel Prieto, played by Javier Gutierrez. Gutierrez. I can't, I can't roll my R's because there's a double R in his last name. But you know what has double S's and double E's? That's Assassin's Creed. That's what Javier Gutierrez played in. You have. David Ortiz, not the baseball player, played by Alvaro Morte. He also played in Money Heist series that's also on Netflix. You have Etor Medina, played by Miguel Fernandez. He also played in All I See Is You. That's not a real song. Don't steal it. I just copywritten it. Now, just to give you a brief story, just to get your mouth watering, to see if you'll pick up your remotes and watch this sci-fi drama on Netflix. A 12-year-old boy named Nico records himself playing the guitar. La 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 bamba. No, he wasn't playing that. This is in Spain. Stop being racist. 
An electrical storm begins along with the drama that will ensue. Nico notices a fight across the street with his neighbors and Nico goes over to investigate. Yes, that's what they do. Close-knit neighborhood, close-knit town. They're all like family. The neighbors walk each other's kids to and from school. It's not like over here. This is in Spain. So yes, they check on each other. Sounds weird. Over here, it's none of my business. So he comes across his dead neighbor, Hilda Wise, laying in the middle of her hallway. Nico looks up to find Hilda's husband, Preto, looking down at him while holding a knife. Nico runs from Preto and before escaping, he gets hit and killed by a car. Splat! So, we fast forward 25 years later in 2014, where we meet Vera, who hooks up the old television, who is now living in the house where Nico used to live. She finds out she can interact with Nico in 1989. You know, in 1989, that's where the Berlin Wall fell. Heavily mentioned in this movie, historical facts. So anyway, as I said, she interacts with Nico in 1989, where she warns him of his death. She wakes up the next morning working at a high level position in the medical field. I think she's a brain surgeon. Don't quote me watched the movie once her husband is someone else's husband and her daughter no longer exists but yeah i mean it's it's kind of strange right like can you imagine where you just have like a regular position whatever position you're in if you're if you're a director or a supervisor or something like that you have a high level position just think of a position that's higher than yours you know, if there is, you know what I mean? If there, you might be at the highest position in your life. Congrats to you. God loves you. You are ambitious. So anyway, if you're not ambitious and you just have a regular, I wouldn't say regular position, but you just have a position where there are other higher positions above you. Can you imagine just waking up one day and then all of a sudden you're in that high position and everybody is looking at you like hey you know you have to perform like right now like right now you gotta do it right now that's that's kind of wild that's a little wild you know what i mean and she was like an assistant i forgot what her position was in the medical field but she would like assist the doctor that does brain surgery so like she would like i guess get the little suction thing and suck out the snot out of the nose or whatever and dab the eye i don't know she basically does assistant stuff for the, the brain surgeon and then she wakes up one morning and she is the brain surgeon and guess what she did she ran away i mean what would you do in that situation i mean for real for real like like you don't know what the fuck you're doing right like you might have some idea like inkling of what what you should do 
but at the same time you know you really don't know what you're doing you do not know now the comparison for this film i compare this film to don't let go you got a right to lose control don't let go from the twist and the story i give this film eight severe lightning storms eight of them so my brief likes i felt like the story was very entertaining there are a couple of roller coaster twists and even though some of the stories might seem predictable they did have a solid and emotional payoff for me i felt it my heart went for the story my dislikes sometimes the main character could gather information or try to gather information but instead she does everything wrong to miss out on the opportunity to get the information she needs critical what does that mean i'll tell you character has to get information Let's say this character, Vera Roy, for example, she's in a different timeline, an alternate dimension. But yet in this alternate dimension that she's in by saving the little boy, people don't remember her. People don't recognize her. For example, her daughter's friends, the parents to the daughter's friends, they don't know Vera because the daughter never existed. So that means they never met, but Vera remembers them, but they don't know Vera. So therefore, what does she do? Of course, when she first enters in this new timeline, Marvel Universe, they're not the first ones that did it. So once they enter in this, to this new timeline, you know, so she has to try to convince them i mean but first she has to convince herself that everything is different nothing is the same and then after she's convinced of course you're in denial what do you do next my whole life is different i don't know like i'm doing work that that's above my pay grade but actually you're getting paid the same in that pay grade so that comment doesn't make sense but after convincing herself that everything is off she tries to convince other people but at this point she can't convince anybody because everybody thinks she's crazy and she knows that she's in a different timeline at this point but she insists and says hey i know you from here i know you from there and they're looking at her crazy like i don't know you i don't recognize you and she continues she just doesn't just say, okay, I'm in a different timeline. And now I have to act accordingly. I have to ask certain questions to get certain information. She's still like, no, I know you. I know you I, in a different, in a different reality. I knew you. So that means I know you now and you have to know me. And they're like, bitch, you crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So anyway, I enjoyed this sci-fi time travel movie. 
Kudos. You can find Mirage on Netflix. So, that will be it for Critical Blues Reviews. I am one of the hosts, Critical and Oob. Would you like to end the podcast? Is there anything you would like to say? Nope. Okay. Thank you. Make sure that you hit me up on Critical Blue Reviews on Twitter. Critical Blue Reviews. That's with a K. You begin critical with a K, everybody. That's on Instagram. Twitter. Critical Blue with a K. Do not write Critical Blue with a K. Do not write it verbatim. Or is it verbatim? Don't do it. Just switch the C with the K. Don't be too literal. Anyway, that's where you want to reach me. Let me know if you've seen this movie. Let me know if you're about to watch this movie. Let me know what you think of this film. If you like sci-fi. It's a sci-fi time travel drama. Enjoy your day. Stay blessed. One.